G'day listeners, welcome back to Full Metal Movie Reviews. This week we've got the best action movie of 2018, it's Mission Impossible 6, Fallout. Uh, with me to discuss all things Tom Cruise is Anth. Anth, how you going bud? Yeah, good mate, good, glad to be back. What's happening? Um, Not a lot, not a lot, it's been a while, it's been a while since we've done one of these things. I keep promising that we're trying to get these out more regularly, but look, my promises are shallow and empty. So, <laughs> so uh, I've still, true. I'm still sitting on that episode we've got uh, um, about the full metal uh, jacket, and I just haven't gotten around to editing it because it's just just can't be fucked. So I'll get around to it. Um, listeners, we got a we got an interesting perspective because um, we on one hand we've on this conversation we're going to have a bloke who enjoys these movies and likes Tom Cruise, the actor, maybe not the person, but the actor. And on the other hand, we've got a guy who couldn't be more indifferent to these films and probably doesn't like Tom Cruise, either the actor or the person. But um, you don't like, you don't like Tom Cruise. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, so last year we did an episode on a, a Tom Cruise vehicle American made and we and uh, Davo actually ranked that as one of his the best movies of 2018. Um, and I was you know sympathetic and I agreed to that um, or agreed to that you know that it was one of the best uh, movies. Um, this year we get Mission Impossible Six, the I would say the most enjoyable to date of the Mission Impossible series, and um, and again I find myself loving or digging the Tom, the Tom Cruise latest stage of his career uh, movie choices and now on the other hand you're just like meh to this all I asked yeah. you to watch this film give us your initial <laughs> thoughts okay so I'll go back to when you asked me to watch this film so my mates were like every time a blockbuster comes out they're like hey do you want to see whatever do you want to see whatever and they were like hey let's see the new Mission Impossible and I just wrote back no, in, you know, capital letters, and O. And then you have to come along and it's like pretty much, hey, if you want to get your voice back on the pod, bitch, you better watch Mission Impossible. And I was like, great. So my... <laughs> so you're a jerk so, and you just hate, uh, you hate, if it's, if it's not a slasher or some B-grade film, you hate it. Uh, that's, that's not true, mate. I like Deadpool. I guess that could be classified as a slasher. I don't know. But... Um, I guess that's half right. Yeah, kind of got me in a nutshell there, Sam. But thanks. No, uh, look, I'm not a fan of Tom Cruise, um, the actor or the person. I just find he's not a believable action hero. I tried to give him a few chances. I really did, like War of the Worlds. And uh, recently, I was really pumped because there was a new Mummy film that came out. Yeah, and okay. I fuck, and I, I watched it, and I was like. I was oh, like, you watched that? It, yeah, oh, because, I, dude, I love The Mummy. You you just said, uh, yeah, I love my horror films, man. I love The Mummy, man, and Brendan Fraser, and, you know, even before that, I'm pretty sure it was Boris Karloff. I'm sure someone will correct me. But, yeah, I was like, shit. What was that like? Um, It was shit. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, Tom Cruise butchered that uh, franchise. I'm was, pretty sure, I pretty sure you. the whole monster fucking, because I'm going to do a whole universe, and I'm pretty sure it's all being canned 
because of that guy. Well, um, I guarantee you, if that film wasn't Tom Cruise's fault, why it sucked, okay? I guarantee you it wasn't his fault. No, I guarantee you it was his fault because you have the exact same concept. You put Brendan Fraser in it, a guy who has no business being in any action or whatever, and he made that money, mate. He made that money. You put Tom Cruise in it, it should be money, and it turned to garbage. But we're not here to talk about that. I've actually got an opinion that might shock you about this Mission Impossible film, Sam. All right? What's you, that? I it really... I, I agree with you in some aspects that it probably is going to be, well, one of the best action movies of this year. I think the action was spectacular. Um, all the action scenes, if they just, you know, cut them together, I reckon I really would have enjoyed the film, especially the fight scenes. You know, as a martial artist, I can appreciate a good wide shot. I could actually ask you that. This where you can actually see, you know, the fights. But well, yeah, go on. I was going to say, you know, you know, with Jason Bourne and all that, and how they did the close-up and the yeah. handheld camera style and it's bouncing around. This yeah. one, you said, is a wide shot and they're kind of just showing us the action. They're just literally just saying, here's the action, right? And the action yeah. is like, almost like a really sequenced well in between, you know, in the bathroom scene, how they go between that divide and then... That was the, probably one of the best choreographed action sequences for hand-to-hand action sequences I've seen in, like, years, man. Oh, yeah, years. look. The the bathroom scene is the one that I'm pretty much talking about. Like, that that hand-to-hand combat, that, you know, that style of... It's, it's not a one-take, but it's that style of one-take, you know, where you see everything and the camera continue flows through. But you see what the actors or the stunt people are doing. Like, you see their techniques, you see their form, and that's great. That close-up stuff, that's more safe for, um, you know, when the actors might not have that capability or they just want to get the action in your face. And I don't really like that. It kind of jars me, puts me off action movies. But mm. that one, yeah, it was beautiful. Well, um, the thing about like this, like, I really enjoy about this movie is that it has a really good balance of comedic with um, seriousness like it's a really sometimes it's hard to get that balance right so where, where it can be sometimes a bit too campy or you know sometimes takes itself too seriously but in that fight sequence in particular where um, Superman what's his name Henry was it Henry just call him Superman Superman when Superman <laughs> is on the ground and he's uh, he's like um, passed out and, and Tom Cruise looks up at the guy he's fighting and he goes he just gives that sigh, like, oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to get my ass kicked. But then he just um, spears him through the, the, the bathroom stall. It's like, it just makes... I don't know, if they're having fun, it makes me having fun. Like it's, I'm having fun watching them have fun, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, look, I agree with you on that point. When when the, you can tell the actors are enjoying themselves, um, that definitely helps the movie go along. Um, it's funny... Uh, We'll bring up Superman a little bit when I talk about what issues I have with this film. And yes, I do have a lot of issues with it. But um, it, it's funny when you see like the size difference between Tom Cruise and Superman. And, you know, and they didn't shy away from that. It's like, oh, fuck, if this guy kicked his ass and he's on the ground, he's, he's going to kill me. But he just goes for it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you, you're right. Like that type of stuff, the, the comedic timing, the facial expressions... Like it all made the action really, really great, and I really enjoyed those scenes. Um, like this is one of the best action movies. I, I would say last 
couple, since Mad Max Fury Road. Um, and one of the things, set pieces that I, I really enjoyed was the ending and the helicopter chase between uh, Tom Cruise and the helicopter and Superman and the other helicopter. Now, uh, I should have said this at the top, but um, spoiler warning, you know, this is a full metal review. We go about, we talk about everything. So if you haven't seen Mission Impossible, probably don't listen to this. Superman's but, a bad guy. <laughs> what a dickhead. But um, <laughs> that, that helicopter chase was legit. Tom Cruise was actually in the helicopter flying it. And he was actually climbing that rope and doing all those stunts. You know what? You know what? Before you praise Tom Cruise for that, Jackie Chan's been doing that for fucking ever. Yeah, I get that, and I I love Jackie Chan just as much as I love Tom Cruise. But what I'm saying is that that sequence. Fuck! How much do you just miss a good action sequence? You know what I mean? Like a good, like a good chase, like a good car chase or a good helicopter chase, and Uh, and it's real life. It's not a green screen. I mean, okay, yeah. Clearly, he didn't crash a helicopter into another helicopter, but it's it for the most part. He's they're, they're mixing real life with, you know, like they're keeping the the fucking the CGI to a minimum. Yeah, it goes back to the days of like Lethal Weapon and uh, those films of that era where there was no such thing as CGI, so they had to do everything practically. So the cars exploding, or actual cars exploding, and the action, even though it's outlandish and over the top, it still feels real. Because at the end of the day, it has to be real because there's no computer imagery to, you know, to trick the yeah, audience. Yeah, exactly. And look, let's get real. Like, he would have definitely died when that helicopter crashed. And particularly when they put the camera inside the helicopter and it's rolling down the cliff and you just see it getting smashed to pieces. Like, yeah, this guy would have been dead, yeah. right? Well, you know what? It's an action movie. He would have been dead at the beginning of the film. Like, <laughs> No, well, that's true too. But I mean, If we're going to talk about when he's going to die. <laughs> but I was just like, fucking hell, man. You're giving these perspectives inside the cockpit. You're giving us, or whatever it's called in a helicopter, and you're giving these wide angles, and you're making us soak in the landscape. Like, how beautiful did the, the mountains look with the, the lake beneath it and all the snow? And you're giving us old school movies, like, like you said, where you have a scene or a setting sorry and you're letting like the the director of photography do a fantastic job where the actual your eyes are engaged with what you're seeing on the screen and that's why I can't fucking handle superhero movies anymore because superhero movies are literally just fucking CGI fests where it literally is one guy in a CGI green screen or green suit versus another guy who might not even be there or he might be entirely CGI like yeah as much as these films are formulaic in the sense that, you know, it's another nuclear bomb, the world's going to explode and Tom Cruise is going to save the day again. I, I mean, we get it. We've had like four movies pretty much the same now. Yeah. Or, or maybe not four, maybe three. Four, five, and six are pretty much the same thing. But at least they give us that. You know what I mean? At least they give us real world. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you there. It was funny. Um, the other night, I, I, was, I, I was cleaning up my DVD collection and I found... This hidden gem of a superhero wait, film. Wait, called... wait, 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 wait! Cleaning up? Do you mean literally dusting them? Yeah, like spraying no, no, no. Windex on them or something? What are you doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Getting my Windex on. No, no, no. I was, I was just going through and like, I've got, I've got double ups and shit. So I was taking them out and putting them in a box. I'm going to donate them, you know, because I'm sure people want like my second copy of Cedar Chucky or whatever. But anyway, I'm going through and I'm cleaning them out and I sit and I find the Punisher with Thomas Jane. And, you know, it's going to be the new Predator film. So I'll chuck it on. And I'm like, all right, sick. And here's a superhero movie. Now, don't get me wrong. That movie was no masterpiece. But here's a superhero movie that had no CGI. It was just over-the-top action explosions. And even though the acting was shit, 
and the movie itself was shit. I, I enjoyed that more than I do any other, you know, the Avenger films or whatever DC sh- is shitting out of, you know, their diarrhea factory at the moment. Um, and, you know, I've, it's just that raw action and that raw feeling where you're like, okay, that's really unrealistic, but fuck, it beats a green screen. Always. Always, always, always. Like, here's a, here's a point I want to make. Like, I um, I actually enjoyed... We did a review on... Um, Marvel Infinity War. No, was it? Yeah, it was called Infinity War. The latest Avengers, whatever the fuck it is. Um, yeah, I still, have, still haven't seen it. Yeah, okay. So I watched it and then the cinema. I was like, oh yeah, I really enjoyed that. Right? No problems. Then I made the mistake of actually buying it on um, uh, Google Play because I thought I was renting it, but I don't know. If, you know, you just do dumb shit. You're, like, you're, like, you're not paying attention. And I was like, it's like, why yeah, did that cost $24? I was like, oh no, did I just buy this? Anyway, so I bought it. And I'm sitting there and I'm trying to watch through it. I'm like, you know what? This was a fucking... Even renting this was a mistake because I just don't care now. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm watching this guy in green screen do this thing on green screen and this thing on green screen and this guy's comic book character doing this thing. It's like, oh, man, they're all the fucking same. Whatever. Who yeah. cares? The good guy's going to win. Like, fuck. It's 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 just... It's this, It's like... Oh, I don't know how to articulate other than it's like the same depth of perception and you can be as intricate as you can with your set pieces as green screen. But if you give us just a natural or beautifully shot hill or landscape, um, that's in real world. I, I, I just think the eye goes to that every time as opposed to some made up green screen thing. It just does. And you know what? The action is more believable when you don't have a CGI character getting the beat down because Yes, they're getting the beat down, and they might be getting up every time, but it's still it's a real person. So no, that's right. Yeah, it's it's like oh okay, well Tom Cruise just must be the toughest man on the planet. You know, you just gotta accept it. Whereas when it's CGI, you go oh that's only happening because of CGI. So I find it easier to suspend my disbelief when it's realistic and it's actually just real on the camera stuff than I do when it's that CGI crap. And like people, people were. Um people were um, praising uh, Mad Max Fury Road when it came out because it was fundamentally the same principle, set in a beautiful location, set with big wide shots, just old school conventional filmmaking that we've kind of gone away with because people need to have this stamp and trying to evoke something new. Like people just forget if it works, it works. Wide screens, beautiful landscape, real action, real cars blowing up and you sit there going, oh man, this is a fucking masterpiece. Mm. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, with the the quality of cameras we have now and 4K and the resolution we can get out of our cameras, I don't understand why more people just don't spend the money to to do action films like this. Because at the end of the day, films like this are just action films. Well, you know, Mad Max won Oscars for Christ's sake. This won't win any Oscars, but it's just an action film when people are praising it because because of its action. If you just want to even in the most mediocre movie, if you probably spent more time trying to do practical stunts and practical effects. You're gonna get so much more praise than if you just did it in CGI. Yeah, so well, that's why, why that's, more people go down this road. Well, that's why films like you know the, those old school horror films that I love so much, and you know even the old school action movies. That's why they're still beloved to this day. And when they do try to remake them, they remake them with CGI, and you forget about the remakes within two years. It's just because you can't be practical. You can't. You can't be. You know, actually seeing the actors 
face and actual body doing the stunts. You know what I mean? Even if it's a stunt double, it doesn't mm. matter. You, you can't beat that. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, all right. Well, that's probably enough stunt talk for now. But, I mean, guys, I, like as Anthony said, he's not a big fan of Tom Cruise, but he fucking loved the stunts that we got in this film. So, definitely something to check out alone, even if you just want to, you know, maybe... I, I think the bigger the screen, the better. If you if you don't have a big screen at home, probably try and see this in the movies because you can see how... Like, it actually looked really good in that big wide shot. Um, All right, Fanes. You said that you mentioned before you had some issues with this film far away what 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 were your issues um oh well, one it was too long uh i reckon it could have been trimmed down by the time that helicopter scene came out so you you know you geared onto it you you loved it i was just like fucking end this film with either that bomb explode or tom cruise explode just something finish off i'm done and the reason why i was done is because yeah, I sat through the action scenes and they were great. But to me, this movie was action scene, plot twist, action scene, plot twist, action scene, plot twist, action scene, Alec Baldwin dies, action scene, plot twist. And there was no sense of danger because when you have like, yes, we just talked about how great the action scenes were, but when you have so many of them and there's no real danger to the main cast of characters at all and they just come out of it on top every time you just know exactly what's going to happen in the next scene. So it kind of defeats the purpose of the suspenseful action scene because you know that, all right, there's 15 minutes for this bomb to go off. This scene's been going for half an hour. There's no way that bomb's going to go off and they're all going to be okay because you know that they're going to make enough money out of this to make a Mission Impossible 7 and you can't do that without Tom Cruise. And then the plot twist where they're trying to make Tom Cruise the bad guy, is like no one's buying into that. They didn't even have. They didn't even bother having Tom Cruise kind of act like a red. Is it red herring? Is that the word? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At all, at all, because it's just like no one's going to buy into that. It's just like dialogue for the sake of dialogue. I actually think if they got rid of all the dialogue scenes and all the plot twists, bro, I reckon that this, you know, the film itself for me would have been heaps better. And also, I just want to say. Wait, wait, wait. So clarify the- that. Get rid of the action scenes. No, no, no. Keep the action scenes. Just get rid of all the fucking dialogue scenes. <laughs> you don't need them because they didn't add any. They didn't add any meat to the film at all. I mean, this film was just an action fest, right? Which yeah, I'm sure I'm not the only one that think, feels that way. But like, yeah. when you ha- when you have your plot twist so predictable, like as soon as Superman rocked up in scene with a mustache, I knew he was going to be a bad guy. Because let's face it, Sam, is there any character in an action film with a mustache? Right? Like that, that is not a bad guy. First up. And all the plot twists themselves were just so damn predictable. But that's the main gripe I have with that film, is that if you get rid of the storyline, it won't affect the the film at all. Like, for me, it just stays the same. Do you know what I mean? Um, Monday. I disagree to an extent. I mean, these films are a bit weird in the sense that... um. They have very similar themes, like really weirdly, like um, there's always a party that they have to go to or a masquerade ball or something. They always have to scope out someone at that party to meet a package or to meet a rendezvous. Like it's always, it's a bit weird, like how these films always seem to have those things in it. Mm. So I don't disagree with you there, but I feel like the one thing I did enjoy was the 
the plot twist between um, how they how they got Henry Cavill or how they got Superman, like how he felt he fell for the 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 mask, and how they exposed him. I thought that was pretty clever. But really, you, you didn't see that coming a mile away. Uh, I didn't actually. I was like, wow. all right, he's because because the thing is like because we've been conditioned that secret agents now, particularly in the James Bond franchise and even in this, they just go rogue. So it was like, oh, and when he was being accused of what he's being accused of, it just made sense that he'd go rogue and prove his innocence. Like to me, like that's what. Oh, okay, that's the direction the story's gonna go. Mm. But to me, it, like, I didn't think they'd spend the time to 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 do some spy stuff and flip it and expose the actual mole or the or convert like the the double agent. So that was what was cool. Like, oh, I actually did it. Cool, no shit. And then what it went. Where it would have went a bit more bizarrely is when the CIA just she sends in the CIA operatives and yeah. then they all turn out to be fucking working for Superman. So it's like, well, how fucking entrenched is it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, the CIA's got some fucking bad problems. If you got <laughs> twenty of your highly trained operatives fucking, um, you know, being all double agents, so. Yeah. And the other thing is with the trope with the Mission Impossible, but this is like a, literally is a Mission Impossible trope is that there's always an exit strategy or they they have planned these contingencies. So like well, that part where he where he just conveniently stopped in the middle of the road and he jumps through that that net or whatever to oh, the boats waiting for it. Yeah, that's what they do in all Mission Impossible films. Like they 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 imply that these guys are so good at their job they think of every contingency and they have exit strategies for everything. So I mean it's not the worst. But um, it's not, you know. But not, I just want to say, so, I just want to say something about that scene. That really pissed me off because when he jumped down, it wasn't that far of a drop. It was into water, and like the people chasing him went that far behind. You're telling me not one of them would have just jumped in after it. But anyway, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, no, you're probably <laughs> not wrong. Uh, look, I, I, I just, uh, I don't know, but it, like you kind of just take those for what they are like you don't if you're not a fan of it i guess you probably would see it as a bit of a weak source but at the end of the day it's still it's just it still is a dumb cheesy movie well here's the thing like you you mentioned the other mission impossible film so i've seen when i was seven years old obviously because it came out in 96 i saw mission impossible one and then i remember liking it and so much so that we had the nintendo 64 game i don't know if you remember that I played the shit out of that game, and it was killer. That was a fantastic game. That, that was that an Nintendo awesome game. Four game was really underappreciated. Yeah. It was actually really good. Yeah, and this movie um, actually brought back some of those um, feelings I had playing that game. Like you mentioned, you know how they always have to go to a party, um, and then the the masks, like you know, creating the masks and everything. You have to do that in the game. Like you have to go to parties. You have to do that shit. You have to meet, you know. Uh, double agents or whatever you have to all that type of stuff so it brought back those memories but then i haven't seen any of the other films like i I have no memory of two i remember it being really bad but i have no actual memory of it other than a long-haired tom cruise and then i didn't watch any of the other films so i've come into this with essentially fresh eyes so it's interesting you feel the way you feel watching all the you know all the other movies and then i come in and, and just be like what the fuck's going on yeah, um, okay, so I'm not, I, to be honest, like, 
like yeah, I like the I like the first Mission Impossible, and MI two was like the biggest John Woo film of all time. Just bizarre. It was a bizarre action film. <laughs> and then Mission Impossible three, I really like because it had um, Philip Seymour Hoffman as the bad guy, and I like I love Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think he's a fantastic actor. Mm. But then the revival kind of happened. I mean, number three was I think directed by J.J. Abrams, but or maybe it was made by J. I don't know. It was meant to be the revival of the franchise. Yeah, actually didn't do. It actually did worse in terms of money. Yeah, I know. Um, I noticed. I, I quickly, I quickly looked up the box office stuff because I was interested in myself. And yeah. yeah, I noticed three was down heaps. Three was down heaps um, because it was, I guess, Tom Cruise in that phase of post jumping on that couch thing, um, weird Scientology <laughs> stuff. But yeah. then you look at four, and four was a revival, and they kind of, and then four, five, and six are kind of just been formulaic, and they're kind mm. of just kind of been repeating that same formula, but. Like the stunt pieces and the set pieces of four, five, and six have all been outstanding. Like Tom Cruise in number four, how he's on, he's climbing or he's jumping up the building in Dubai. Um, in five, he's hanging up there on the side of the plane. Uh, in six, he's flying helicopters and he's doing cool shit. Like he's legitimately doing cool shit, jumping from buildings to buildings. I'm pretty sure that, you know, when he jumps to that building and he nearly misses, I'm pretty sure that's where he had that accident. He had an accident on this set. Where he, um, mm. was, yeah, he hurt himself because I think he fucked up that jump. But like, that's cool, man. I, I can just sit and watch these things because and take them for what they are. Because I love seeing live action. I love seeing live stunts. So for yeah. me, I, 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 I don't, I, I don't look too much into the not. Not gonna say look into the plot because you want a good story. But I, I bloody love a good action film. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 I bloody no. love one. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's kind of the machismo stuff, you know. Good action movie is is awesome. It's just the the issue is when it when it just dr- drags on. It's uh, like to me, this movie dragged on, especially towards that end. And I couldn't appreciate that helicopter scene just because by the time that happened, they pretty much threw everything at us, including the kitchen sink. By the time the helicopter happened, it's like fucking hell. What's the next movie gonna do? Like they're in spaceships, fucking blasting each other. <laughs> and then Luke comes up with some, you know, lightsabers or some shit. You know, like what else are they gonna do? <laughs> well, I tell you one thing: they can't do. They 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 gotta really let this fucking syndicate slash apostle bullshit die. And they really gotta get and they really gotta wait, stop worrying about this nuclear th- threat because four five and six is all about nuclear bombs someone's trying someone's always trying to blow up the world with a nuclear bomb to start a new world order we get it all right oh right, cool that but bad the, guy before you go that yeah. bad guy well, well uh, obviously he was an agent previously or whatever i, I forget the character's name because he was that unforgettable um uh, that forgettable sorry um he does like the, peace yeah 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 he just but he just i don't know he just looked like he was just there because they couldn't have Superman do all the work. Like, it, it was just it was just bullshit. I, I, I thought his character was not needed. You could have got rid of him and just had the same movie. You know what I mean? Did, did you feel the same way? No. Um, because you haven't seen the other movies, have you? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Uh, well, there you go. So, Solomon Lane, he is... He's like... he's. I guess he's, if, he's like the anti... Um, Ethan Hunt, if that makes sense. So Ethan Hunt is the all American super spy. Solomon Lane is the all English anti spy. So he's an anarchist. He just wants to see the world fall apart, where Tom Cruise wants to save the world. Yeah. So 
in number five, I can't, I haven't seen number five in ages, but he, I think Tom Cruise captures him and saves mm. the day. But he's like, oh, I've still got agents out everywhere and I've still got a master plan. And this is kind of like, this sequel is like the end of that master plan, if that makes sense. Right. So it's not, <clears throat> it's a bit, like I'm a bit over it. So I'm like, I don't know, I don't, I don't, like let's maybe just kill this sort of, component of the story um but that's where it came from so he he's like that's why it makes it i guess a bit exciting because you just don't know where the sleeper agents are because they got that many of them that in any organization they appear to be um so that's why the cia henry cavill is a sleeper agent or a double agent whatever and he and he crosses double crosses them um and yeah it's a bit it's a bit i get what you're saying it is a bit cliched but I guess it was just a way to, to end. Oh, he just—he just looked like the biggest dickhead, like you know. And I know he's meant to be a bad guy; he's meant to look like the biggest dickhead. But what I mean is, like, he's just such a typical um, movie villain. It's just like, well, yeah, mate, he's like. Could you um, be any more of a stereotype? Go get a personality. Fuck. He's like, <laughs> um, what is he? He's like, um, uh, you, do you know James? You, know, you don't really know James Bond, but there's a character called um, Blofeld. Um. And Blofeld is like the he's the James Bond's arch nemesis, and he's he controls a secret organization as well, and they have specialized agents. He's like that pretty much. He's mm. the MI MI Mission Impossible series Blofeld. So, I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying. If you're a casual fan, it's like, well, this guy just talks weird. He's annoying. He's skinny. He's too pale. He's too ginger. I get it, but. He's kind of like the linchpin. He's like the guy that pulls all the threads for the bad guys. Oh, who was that chick? Uh, nah. That that blonde chick. That, that rock. That, oh, that, no, the Scarlet White Widow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another character that didn't have to be in that. Mm. Like, I totally forgot all about her. Well, I, well, I don't get, right? This is why I'm confused at. So she... <laughs> I, 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 Yeah, it is a bit long, so you can't pay attention all the time. But she's meant to be working for... MI6, mm. but she poses as a, uh, a, a arms dealer slash broker. Right. And she can put um, Tom Cruise in touch with the guys that has the plutonium. If she was working with MI6... Wouldn't she just tell him where the plutonium is and wouldn't they just go get the plutonium? Like, why is, is this this weird thing of... Yeah, it's just... It was weird. It was weird. Like, yeah. like just... If she's working with MI6, I guess she doesn't want to lose her leverage. But then at the same time, if they're worried... If they have a credible threat that these guys are building a bomb, why wouldn't they just fucking it's, get her it, to tell them where the plutonium is? And if she does that, it would have meant, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was a bit weird that she just didn't say where the plutonium was. If she's so working with MI6 all along. I thought that was a twist that was like, mm, that's yeah. a bit weird. That's what I mean. Like, it's those plot twists. It's those, uh, and this is for the wrestling fans out there. It's those Vince Russo plot twists that just. Curbs. What are they called? Swerves. swerves. Those swerves, mate. Those swerves, you know? That, that, that's why I said bro at the beginning there, because it's just like, it's literally a Vince Russo swerve. It's almost like he was in the writing credits. I was watching this shit. I was like, oh my God, another swerve. Great. You know, that, 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 I guess that's the other thing that frustrated me as well. It's just like you, you said, like, why wouldn't she just say, Hey, we're for the same team. This is where everything is. Go get it. 
Why make him go through all that shit? Yeah, and I don't understand. <laughs> like, they had a plan to kill French police people. Exactly. I'm like, mm, uh, yeah, if you're working with the MI6, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't want you to be doing that. <laughs> like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and didn't they end up trying to kill? Like, there was that, um, the scene where you had that French police uh, woman and she was, like, trying to stop Ethan and the crew. Then the other guys came and shot her. And then Ethan yeah, shot... Like, yeah, and Ethan murdered those two. But, like, so who they work at? Do they know that yeah, they're it's, meant it's, to be for MI6? Or is she, like, a super triple-double agent that's working for MI6, but the bad guys, but the bad guys don't know it's MI6, but the MI6 don't know it's... See what I mean? It's just another fucking swerve, bro. No, nah, but the problem is... <laughs> I think we're maybe misreading. I don't think she was actually working for MI6. I think she had a deal that if she brought him in, she would have been forgiven for her crimes. So why do more crimes? Uh, yeah, I guess MI6 willing, was willing to turn a blind eye because technically they're not the ones committing the crimes. They're just... Oh, I don't know. Look, I don't know. I, don't know. I think we're going down a rabbit hole here that we don't really, really need to worry about. But yeah, I, yeah, I don't want to ruin. I don't want to ruin this movie for you, Sam. I apologize. But this well, is, these know. are I the thought... issues. These are the issues I have with it. Well, fair enough. If you're not a fan, <laughs> you know you can't just go along for the ride. I get it. I get it. I mean, uh, oh, okay. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I, I just, I reckon, I reckon. Yeah, you're probably right. It doesn't make a, it, it. It tries to be sometimes to be a bit too clever than what it is. But I mean, whatever. Oh, whatever. I didn't. I enjoyed it. What do you think of um, the female Ethan Hunt, Issa Faust, or oh, Ilsa? Sorry, Ilsa. Oh, she. Um, she kicks get, ass, hey. Yeah, She's look. At, I'll be honest. At the beginning, I was just like, okay, here's gonna be another one of those, you know, stereotypical like, you know badass women characters blah 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 like i i honestly just was like kind of done with all the characters that kept getting popped up because they i almost thought that she was meant to be his wife because again i haven't seen the other films right they do look similar he does they do they look the fucking same right (laughs) and so that confused the shit out of me for ages until i realized they were different people um but they um yeah but you're absolutely right like after I got over that beginning stuff, where I was like, oh, "Here we go." She dominated, man. She she did awesome. So I really enjoyed that character and her action scenes as yeah. well. On point. My only gripe is that they don't need to be love interests. Can we not make them a love interest? Yeah, well, they play. They did play on the love interest stuff, but they to me they didn't. Oh, they more played. That's what I mean. Like at the beginning, that's when I was just like, "Oh yeah, here yeah. we go." But like they kind of not forgot about it, but didn't overplay it towards like the middle onwards i i felt like the love interest stuff kind of got pushed aside sort of thing they didn't they definitely didn't overplay it but i'm mm. like i would prefer it if they were just like comrades and they're just they're, yeah you know, like they had that furious mad max relationship where they're just out to fucking kick ass and they're not interested in, in hooking up yeah um i would have preferred that but um, whatever i mean it was good it wasn't bad it wasn't it wasn't like, no, no, it no, wasn't it was- too over the top yeah, it wasn't too over the top and it didn't, you know, it, at, at, at the beginning, you're like, okay, these guys can be love interests and blah, 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 blah. And that was annoying. But after that, it was all good in the hood. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and did you like, any, do you have anything else to say about any of the other supporting characters? Um, yeah, I just want to, I want to say Vig Rams, man. OG, OG. Like, um, you know, he just, I forget his character's name. But, um, Absolute badass. Uh, Luther, you know. I think it is. Luther, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, like, 
man, he, he can't go wrong. I've seen him in some really, really shitty films like Piranha <laughs> 3D, um, and he makes every movie he's in, man. I just love, I love how smooth he is. I love that kind of like, he feels like everyone's dad, like, you know, at the beginning, like I knew he wasn't going to die, right? But you, you, you kind of just like, oh my God, no, not Luther, at least for me. Just because he's just like mm. he's a, such a good actor um, and underrated in my eyes. I um my, uh, look the thing about like about Marcellus Wallace is that um he he brings that sort of uh, gravity like he's uh, just the like he brings he as fit, like as, as extreme as Ethan Hunt is he kind of grounds it because he's just a dude that's into tech and he's like he's just like fuck man I don't know fuck I'm just trying to figure out this bomb like you know what I mean like that's yeah. what I like about him. I mean, Simon Pegg's character is a bit annoying because he's he's a comic relief. Yeah, and it's pretty like he it's pretty clear what it's there for. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that you got Simon Pegg, right? Shaun of the Dead, um, Hot Fuzz in in one of these you know action movies. He, you know what he's going to be. That's the thing, and he's and he's nothing more than what he is. And they try to flesh out his character and give him a bit of dramatic stuff, but. It always ends up being for a laugh, anyway. Like even when he's getting hung and uh, he's close to death, like I couldn't stop my laugh. You know, I couldn't help myself. It's he's just a funny guy. Yeah, he's a funny guy. <laughs> um, I mean, to your point uh, I, about how you, how they just kept getting like they kept surviving these action sequences and nothing was happening to him. Mm. The opening sequence when he gets when he kept saying, "I'm not going to let anything happen to you," he, he, they, they kind of drive home that Ethan Hunt loves his team so much he's going to die for him and okay we get it he's a, he's the ultimate nice guy he's super spy but <laughs> I kind of I kind of do now get your point about how just if you know that they're never going to get hurt you can't get that engaged so you, yeah. Yeah, you kind of you just kind of ruined that for me haven't you yeah well here's the thing All right, it's kind of when- like the same deal with Marvel like you know that the Marvel heroes aren't going to die because they're just going to they're needed for the next one <laughs> well yeah I mean yeah Fuck. well until Thanos just wipes them off the planet, but then they'll bring them all back somehow anyway. Sorry, spoiler alert from the next Avengers film. They're all okay. Um, uh, shit, what was I going to say? Dude, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. It's like, when they brought Alec Baldwin's character in, right, you you knew he was there just to die. And it, it's because... <laughs> See, no, I didn't think that. I honestly didn't think that. <laughs> I, I thought he was there. Do. I thought he was there to be like, Ethan... And you're like, I'm taking you in. And he's like, nah, sir, give me like, give me 24 hours and I can get, I can prove that I'm innocent. And he's like, God damn it, you son of a bitch. You got 24 hours. Like, you know what I mean? Like that. Nah. You know how like the old school lethal weapon chief or captain? Yeah. yeah. I thought the, he was there the for thing. that role. As soon as the action busted out and there was a shootout, like someone was going to die. And I, it was Alec Baldwin. He, he was the red shirt in that scene. Like, that's it. Like, I, as soon as, as soon as, Superman twisted it on him. Again, another plot twist, another swerve. I was like, yep, all right, Baldwin's dead. And then he died. So, you know, it's just... And then after he died, you're like, okay, no one else is going to die. So what's the point in even caring about these scenes anymore? And to me, that's when the movie really Mm. dropped. Because it's like, you brought the expendable character in, you killed him, everyone else is okay. Like... 15 minutes till a bomb goes off. Half an hour later, they're still okay. So. Uh, fair Just enough. Throwing that, throwing that out yeah. there. <laughs> All right. Let's change gears, guys. So, overall, let's maybe just give us a, um, a synopsis of uh, or, uh, an overall 
if you had to rate this film, Anth, I don't know, whatever. We don't really do ratings, but would you recommend people see this or not? Oh, look, man, yeah, watch it. Like, who the fuck am I to tell you not to? Nah, it, I, I, it's a good action movie. Like, if you if you're into action um, and you don't really care too much about thinking, yeah, by all means, see it. Like, you know, add more to Tom Cruise's Scientology fund. Do it. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's look. If a guy who's not really into these films is saying it's a good action film, and he recommends it. And I'm saying, if you like Mission Impossible films, if you like good action film, honest action films, this is a must-see. It's fun. It's got big set pieces, good explosions, good action, um, you know, lots of things to keep the ball moving. It doesn't, for me, it didn't feel too long. It felt kind of right. Maybe, okay, maybe a fraction too long at the end when they're all like a bit uh, hugging hands and looking at Ethan in the hospital. It's like, oh, we're just one big family. Yeah, okay, maybe. But at the end of the day, it's still fun. It's still a lot worth the, worth the 15 bucks or whatever, 12 bucks to go see it in the movies. Guaranteed you're going to have a good time. 11 bucks on my end. Hey, I just want to say something real quick. Yeah, go for it. Because uh, when my friends found out I'm going to review this, they wanted me to mention this. Uh, we, we watched it in a shitty cinema. I'm not going to mention the name. Worst experience ever. Um, but um, in the middle of one of the scenes, it or T Plaza, which one? Uh, oh, okay, all right, T Tree Plaza. Yeah. You guys got to get your shit in gear because that was fucking crap. What um, was that old seats and shit? Oh, just just like yeah, the old seats and stuff. Yeah, that, that's bad. But it's just like that. I don't know if you've been there recently, but they're doing all these renovations and stuff. So you got to go through all these fire entries to get all these fire exits. Sorry, to get to the actual cinema itself, and then they made everything small, and you literally have to wait in line. Like you order your bag of M and M's. They give you a ticket to walk down and wait in line for somebody to grab your M&Ms and call your number out. But the dude literally is standing right in front of the fucking bag of M&Ms and could give it to you. Like, it's shit like that. And then you walk two meters wait, down. Wait, the- wait, 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 <laughs> What? <laughs> okay, all right. One so more you time. go order something. You go order ticket. something. It gives you a ticket, right? And you have to walk down, right? to another, like the, the end of the counter where they give you, you know, somebody's there, right? One person is there with all the tickets and it's like, okay, get in the popcorn, get in the drinks, okay? Uh, number six, here's your order. Number seven, here's your order. So, but what pisses me off the most is there's like five people taking these orders standing right in front of all these fucking things. Like the dude literally, if he turned around and reached his arm, he would have grabbed the M&M's. But no, you have to still get your ticket and go. And then what pisses me off the most, you wait five minutes for your bag of M&Ms, right? And then you walk 10 meters and around the corner is a concession stand with somebody standing there and nobody around. It's like, fuck, if I knew that was there, I wouldn't have waited in line for 10 fucking minutes to get my bag of M&Ms because you buy your tickets outside now. Like there's ticket booths outside the cinema because it's so small and claustrophobic. Then they have one male toilet now which was closed for cleaning. So if you're going to go for a toilet, you're going to go through all these fucking fire exits to go through the shopping center to go to a toilet, which was also closed for cleaning. So I'll just go in there and take a piss anyway while some chicks throwing buckets of water at the urinals. But anyway, so long story short, shit experience at that cinema. They got to get their, they got to get their stuff in gear because that was it's ridiculous. And on a Friday night, uh, Mission Impossible was out for a second night. You would think that place would be packed, Sam. It was... It was empty. Like, the cinema itself was only half full. You know, for a blockbuster like that, 
second day mm-hmm. out, Friday night, that place should have been fucking boomed, man. That, sh- that should have been, you know, packed out. But anyway. Yeah, yeah right. But some um, dude, no, just anyway, what's point your point? Though. Get to your point. My point is, I want to give a shout out to whoever was in that movie that let off the biggest fucking burp ever, right, during one of the quiet moments. Because I shit myself laughing for about five minutes, couldn't stop. So I want to give that guy a shout out. The burp guy. Thank you. You right, made my movie experience a lot better. If you this and you're at Tiji <laughs> Plaza on a Friday night watching this movie and you burped, good on you, mate. Whatever. Yeah, good on you. That's my um, point. So no point. <laughs> okay, so let's just change gears here for a sec. So um, a lot of talk about um, is what is the better spy franchise? The Mission Impossible series or the James Bond series? And I wanted you're probably not a fan of either, um, so that's, that's that's fine. But I wanted to give it a, still a bit of a discussion. Um, so for I think a fair comparison, because James Bond has been going on forever, you can't really compare the previous like you can't really go pre Daniel Craig because Mission Impossible only kind of got revived in 2006 when Mission Impossible Three came out. So the franchise itself only kind of got a bit of cred back when but number three you, came out. So you don't count the TV series? Nah. Well, in terms of films, film franchise. Oh, okay, yeah. So if you look at since, so Mission Impossible had number one came out in 96 and number two came out two, four years later in 2000. So there was a big gap. So the, yeah. see, I think clearly Mission Impossible, the first one, wasn't really designed to be a franchise starter. It was, it was, it's a weird film in that it's, it's kind of filmed like a spy film as not an action film, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but then Mission Impossible 3 in 2006 really is fundamentally an action film and then it kind of goes from from 3 to 4, 5, 6. It, it, it's pretty clear that that's the trend that they're going on. It's, so funny, you look at- it's funny as you say that. I just want to throw a fun fact because I did do a little bit of reading. Mm. Uh, some of the original creators and actors of the Mission Impossible series didn't like the first film because they said that it was taking away the spy elements. It's meant to be a spy and mission film mm. and they were trying to turn it into an action action film. So... You know, that, that's, that's interesting that, you know, what works is action and what doesn't work is the spy shit. Well, no, I disagree. The spy shit does work. If it, The thing is, right, with the spy shit, it's got to be... Because espionage is convoluted as fuck and it's a lot of mind games and there's a lot of posing and, and you know, it, a lot of it's a, it's a mind fuck. So mm. to get a narrative, a clear narrative out of that is pretty hard. If you look at... Um, one of the best spy films ever made, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and how they were had a mole in MI5 and how they were trying to flush the mole. That is probably one of the most convoluted films from a narrative sense. And if you're not paying attention and it's a lot of dialogue and you get lost. So you, you do need to balance these things. But from my point is Mission Impossible 1 was very orientated on that. They had a mole um, that then leaked and the, that then deliberately leaked the knock list um, to then sell, and then and then Ethan Hunt's job was to then break into the CIA or whatever to then get find information on the mole, locate the mole, and then also no- locate the knock list. So that's a pretty convoluted story. Whereas three is just him about him trying to save his wife. Four is him about him trying to save nuclear explosion world from nuclear explosion. Five, same deal, nuclear explosion. Six, same deal, <laughs> nuclear explosion. <laughs> so, so so it's not. It's not um, it's not that spy, if that makes sense. But if you look at okay, so if you look at the comparison, so Mission Impossible Three started, started re- rebooted the franchise two thousand six. 
Daniel Craig released Casino Royale and same deal, trying to reboot the franchise. Came out in 2006. Um, Daniel Craig's Casino Royale demoed it in terms of box office returns. It made a staggering uh, worldwide gross of almost $600 million compared to a worldwide gross of Mission Impossible 3 of about $397 million. So it, it, you know, it mm. definitely was a superior film, box office returns. So... If you look at the trajectory of Daniel Craig's um, Bond career, he's only realistically had one sort of misstep in Quantum of Solace, um, but the other films have been pretty solid. So Casino Royale was a massive tick. Everyone kind of liked that. Quantum of Solace was a bit of a misstep, a bit of a boring film. Again, a bit too espionage-y. Skyfall, simple premise, save M. And then we had Spectre, which was... Mm, that was a bit. That was just a bit weird. That film. Um, so that was, that was the only one I watched was Spectre, I think. Yeah. And the, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't great. <laughs> I saw that in America, actually, in New York. Um, hey. But my point is, if you look at it as a whole, Bond has made more money because both Spectre and both Skyfall, I think, made grosses close to a billion dollars. Maybe. Mm. Oh, Skyfall made a billion a billion dollars, um, and Spectre made eight hundred. So. These figures, Mission Impossible series, aren't making anywhere near that. So, Mission Impossible Five, I think, made a worldwide gross of six hundred million, which is still a lot of money, and 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 um, six hundred eighty million. And Mission Impossible Six is on track to make that kind of kind of bank. So you can say, from a box office perspective, um, James Bond is still the number one premier spy action film. But I want to get to a point. My point is, from an enjoyment perspective, like. The name, the brand of, of James Bond is probably superior because there's more films, right? Mm. It's been going for fucking 25 films or whatever, almost. Yeah. But if you look at it film by film, I would have to say out of the the Casino Royale, Quantum Solace, Skyfall, Spectre, I probably only really, really enjoyed Casino Royale and maybe Skyfall. Like, you know, I'd probably say two out of four, right? Were really fun. Maybe. And you look at Mission Impossible three, four, five, six. I love them all. Like in terms of, of 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 just enjoyment. So, I guess what it comes down to is, what do you think does the action better, and what do you think is a better leading man? And I, I personally, I have a problem with Daniel Craig in this because he doesn't. He's too broody and too moody, and he's only done four of these films, or he's about to do a fifth one. But every time he releases it. There's always a headline of, oh, I hate James Bond. I don't want to do another one. But then he re-signs and does yeah. another one. And I, I, I don't like an actor who has that mentality of he, 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 you know, these are franchises that people like and enjoy. And if you're not enjoying it, then fucking don't do it. Yeah. And I think that translates in the films because Inspector, he was pretty much paint by numbers in terms of his performance. It's very dry and very, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Um. And where you look at Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise is still having, like, he's still got a big smile on his face. He loves it. He clearly loves doing the stunts. He clearly loves the set pieces. He clearly loves the action. And I think if you're watching this film, you'll be like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, it's just a fun ride. And it doesn't really, you know, you're, at the end of the day, you're right. The heroes always win and whatever. But you're still happy to go for along that ride. Whereas yeah. fucking Spectre was tedious as fuck. <laughs> I don't care yeah, what anyone yeah, yeah. says. Dude, I would rather watch a Mission Impossible film than um, one of these later James Bond movies. Like, hands down, hands down. I, hands I, down. I, I just, I, th- I don't, I just don't think Daniel Craig 
I don't know. It just seems that Daniel Craig is too. He's like he's just too. He's a good actor. He definitely is a good actor. Casino Royale, when he's invested and wants to be, he can be charming. He can be all these things. But you can, like, by, um, I don't know. I is that char- it's the charisma, man. You're watching the movie and the dude looks like he's always at a fucking funeral. And, yeah, you're, just like, and you're just like, mate, can you just make it look like that you want to inject some energy into this? At least with Tom Cruise, he's crazy as all hell. But it translates on the scene because in the scene, he's freaking crazy. So it's just like mm. you get that bit of charisma, you get that energy, and you can mm. keep going. So Tom Cruise is like a red bull. Daniel Craig is like a warm glass of milk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just one put one puts you to sleep, and the other one gets you energized. Yeah, so exactly. That that's my off the cuff opinion of someone who, if they had a choice between those two or a third option, if the third option was just sitting in a quiet room, staring at a wall, eating an apple, I would pick that. But <laughs> if it was just between those two, yes, I would go Mission Impossible. Mm, I think so too. I look, I, I I love James Bond, but I'm on track on record. I think our first ever episode maybe was about James Bond, but. Daniel Craig doesn't do much for me in terms of a leading man, so no. I, 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 I tend to agree. I mean, the set pieces in Skyfall and Inspector were pretty spectacular. Some of them were anyway, um, but they not they don't come close to me. This one, Mission Impossible Six, I'm telling you, it has some of the best action sequences. Just like wide shots, like you said, we can see the action absorb it. Yeah, um, Inspector's a bit. Well, the James Bond series is a bit too handheldy, too close up, too you can't see what's really going on. Um, mm. So I don't know. I I would say, personally, I mean, I mean, box office kind of tells you a different story. But I I think that the Mission Impossible series, particularly from three to six, is a lot more fun. You're gonna have a better time than you would probably have with um, the James Bond series. And the James Bond series, to me, seem a lot longer than films. They seem to be like on average like at least two hours, two hours thirty. I mean, this was close to what was this two hours? I think is runtime. Hmm. But yeah, so I like still that. enjoyed it. I did say a lot of positive stuff about Tom Cruise. He's got a charisma. He's got an energy. He's enjoying what he's doing. And, you know, I can appreciate anyone that does their own stunts. That's that's great. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. he definitely like loves his craft. You know, he's got his own shit going on like everyone else does. That's great. Whether you agree with it or not, I can appreciate a Tom Cruise movie. I might not watch him a lot, but, you know, when I do – I can appreciate the effort he puts into it. So there you go. You're happy now? You're happy, Sam? All right, listeners, we'll leave it there. Um, with that, as always, you can find us on uh, Twitter at FFMRPod. I haven't looked at that thing for like years, so I don't know if people even tweet us. Um, we're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. Do you mind if I plug my self-defense class, even though we've got like three listeners? Do you mind? <sighs> Thanks, man. Okay, so <laughs> if, you're, if you're in the Adelaide area, uh, I've got a self-defense class. Um, in Newton. So just look at me, AD Self-Defense on Facebook. Have a look at it. That's AD Self-Defense on Facebook. Uh, Send me a message. uh, Send me an email. I'll hook you up. Nice, traditional self-defense, nothing crazy, um, and uh, something that can guarantee your safety in the future. There you go. There you go. It basically will turn you into Tom Cruise. All right. (laughs) Until next time, guys. Thanks.